All right. Hey, y'all. It is grab your wallet time. Uh, we've been having fun doing this show. We love you guys for supporting us. Those of you that don't support us, patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them. And John's got some t-shirts. So that's on stealthisbeer.com slash merch. Check that out. Either way, thanks for playing along. Can't believe we get away with this every week, Monday at five. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I am Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall. And with us, a returning classic, Dave Broderick. Um, how are you, Dave Broderick? I'm doing fine. Yeah, that's good to hear. It's, uh, so the conceit of this show when it was founded before six years later was that when Mia Brewer and John a writer and other people, publicans such as yourself, got together in bars, we had very simple, candid conversations that weren't as preposterous as people imagined and that if we recorded them we thought people might find them interesting and that's how it all started and you actually did one of those first ones with us but now five years five years later with two covids i feel like that's the exact conversation i want to have and people can just listen because the world just i went from seeing you once a month to not seeing you in two and a half years so how the fuck are you where the fuck have you been is the fact that justin identifies you as Dave Roderick of Blind Tiger, even though I think it's Dave Roderick of a baker's dozen of worthies more accurate these days. What is going on with you, man? Tell us everything you've done in the last, since the last time you were on the show. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, my life has definitely changed. Um, I actually, I moved up to Vermont full time in 2009 okay. and, um, and started the worthy projects in 2012 uh so the worthy burgers ninth anniversary was day before yesterday the kitchen was yesterday it's eighth wow. anniversary wow um i know I, right. I just can't i can't believe i've been in vermont full-time for 12 years wow and, and uh yeah it's just bizarre so and now i'm and now like today i've got to go figure out my wine harvest my grape harvest for my <laughs> my vineyard you know so it's um uh, so you have just, a proper vineyard now yeah, I do. An acre vineyard, about 600 and some odd plants. Um, let's see. I think about six different varietals, all hybrids. Yeah. Um, all all hybrids, all vinifera hybrids or yeah. American? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they're almost always a combination of vinifera and, and then whatever, you know, some local, mm-hmm. uh, some local grape, American grape, indigenous. Um so, you know, so Marquette is like a grandson of Pinot Noir. Neat. And now you do, so last time you were on the show, or one of the times you were on the show, you brought a uh, Method de Champenois sparkler from up by you, which yes. was super wonderful. So super wonderful. I tried to buy it after the show, only to find out it was sold out in all of Manhattan. 
Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's hard to get. <laughs> so, yeah, you are you, you trying buy it to do before the the episode's broadcast, Augie? That's that's, the, right. that's the key. My bad. Uh, we blew it up. Damn us. But um, are you trying to do stuff like that? Because if so, not that I'm not excited, but I'm more excited. What's yeah? How's that going? I, it's it's going well. It's funny. The so Deirdre and Caleb of Garagista, they're across town, um, about ten minutes away from me, and. Uh, you know, and they're making, you know, world-class wines. And then just down the street, about a quarter mile is Fable Farm. And, you know, they started out doing really great ciders. And now they're also doing um, uh, mixes between grape and cider and then pure grape. Um, so I'm kind of surrounded by like all these great winemakers and cider makers. And so uh, basically I'm interested in the growing, okay. um, not as much the making. Okay. And so, I mean, I've got, I'm growing tons of fruit at my own place, um, including really great cider apples and, and, you know, blueberries, currants, um, uh, tart cherries, you know, Montmorency Ooh, can cherries. I have those? That, yeah. You know, the Montmorency, well, cause John Kimmick told me, he's like, you gotta, you gotta grow uh, Montmorency cherries. It's perfect for beer. So. So I've got a bunch of those. So, trees. so no, Augie, you've asked three times, and the answer is He's no not because John Kimmick has already planted Kimmick his has, flag. Has fucking actually, my fucking my wife, my wife, alchemisted me again. <laughs> alchemisted again. That's right. So, um, so yeah, no. So I'm interested. In, I love growing stuff, and and uh, that's the part that really interests me. But I'm I'm glad to be surrounded by people who who can use those grapes and make great wine with it. So hopefully. Um, the goal is that, um, uh, and I am, I'm telling you guys before I'm telling Fable, um, Yay. <laughs> but, but hopefully they'll, um, they're going to make some wines out of these grapes that I'm growing with a good friend of mine on his land, um, about also about 10 minutes from here. Um, they'll take some of that and make some wines and we'll, we'll be able to sell them at the tiger. So under their label. Ooh, so that's, that's exciting. Yeah that's the goal. And, and, and I, you know, all winter and spring, um, I was lucky enough to taste a lot of Johnny's wines at Fable, his grape wines. Uh, he was doing a whole series of blends and he just wanted, um, four of us to help him just give some, you know, perspective, um, and, uh, in some of the decisions he was making. So I got to taste all of his different wines and, it, and the, just the jump that that's being made here, um, in terms of the quality and the flavor, I, I was like totally blown away. And I, I just think that this area, uh, you know, Vermont and the Northeast is going to be producing some great wines. I think, um, you know, over the next, as these, as these vines get older and go deeper, uh, there's going to be some great stuff coming out of here. Do, do you sell a bunch of wine at Tiger? Wait, 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 oh, wait, slow down. Hold on, hold on. We're, we're still making wine here, John. We're not. I, I, I was asking a wine related question. You were asking a tiger related question. Wow. So, Dave, <laughs> uh, before we move on too much, having having been doing what you're doing for because, you know, you and I over beers. Fuck. Twelve years ago, we're talking about the apple tree. So I know I know the roots of this in your thinking. And I've, I've been lucky enough to watch some of these steps happen. But in that dozen years. And this is such a cynical, miserable question to ask, but do you think the just simple truth of how the warm band of the world is moving north 
is benefiting these harvests in the dozen years you've been paying close attention to them? You know what I mean? I like mean, is 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 the line chasing north of where you've got hospitable temperatures for these fruits? I mean, just in my personal, I've been here, I've been in this town, I've had a house here since 2000. And, um, you know, before I moved up here full time. And so the weather, when I arrived in 2000, it was, I lived down on Silver Lake, which is in the center of town. And I remember my name, I could hear everything my neighbors were saying, because we're on a lake and we're right next door to each other. And they were constantly complaining that Vermont has two weeks of summer. And, mm-hmm. and even those two weeks are kind of cold and rainy. And, uh, and it was true at that time. I mean, you know, it was probably more like four weeks, but it was super short and it wasn't really even that warm. And now, I mean, last summer it was, you know, in the eighties, almost every single day. And it was like four months. And, and so it, it, it's definitely, this summer has been a little bit cooler and rainier for the month of July, but now it's warmed up again. So it's definitely changed and the winters are much shorter. Um, and so, yeah, it's affecting the grapes huge. I mean, I think that's why, that's part of the reason why, I, obviously it's a combination of, of the weather getting warmer and longer, uh, warmer season. And then the, and the grapevines getting older um, and, and just producing more flavor. So yeah. kind of a combination of the two, but it's, they're definitely headed in the right direction. I mean, uh, a lot of the, I think a lot of the European, uh, uh, vineyards are starting to look in in some you know other places further north higher up the mountainside i mean i think everybody's heading in that direction i don't think they have yeah, much I, choice i personally as a drinker have been seeing over the last 10 vintages believe it or not i'm, I'm often pleasantly surprised by pinots from germany which yeah. which we all know shouldn't be historically you know what i mean so that's kind of why and it sounds like, and what, you know, being a, a person who obsesses on things like that, I love the rain in July and then the dry, hot September. Like you're going to get great fruit because although it's bad for everything, that's exactly the torture grapes like, right? So, right. So super, super neat for at least that couple acres up there. Neat. So I'm going to completely change script on everybody and I'm going to do it here. So we, we only have Dave for half an hour. I want to focus on Dave, but we owe the thieves 40, 45 minutes and Dave doesn't have the beers and cast does. So I say we just power through here with interesting conversation. John can ask his blind tiger questions. And then when Dave has to go, we'll do both beers tasting at the end. But my next question, Dave is along, along this path since your last journey, I remember a couple of our contacts had you kind of jumping in your Roxanante and traveling with Charlie around America for a bit. How, how did that go? What, what did your soul learn? What did your beer palate learn? What did your farmer brain learn wandering around the country in 2018, 19? Yeah. So the, it's funny. I've done two trips. One was in 07 um, after the tiger moved to its new location I was like, I got to take a year. It was just such a hellacious experience getting it reopened and, and all of that. So once we finally did, um, I took uh, my wife, well, actually then girlfriend, Iris and I took a trip in an Airstream for five months. We did about 13,000 miles and visited something like 72 breweries and beer bars around the country. And it was, it was a huge thing for me because, you know, I, I'd sort of uh, met these people either, um, 
online or phone, but I never met them in person. A lot of these brewers and, and beer bar owners. So it was kind of a way to go out after having my head in the sand, you know, just running the tiger for 10 years. Uh, it was a great way to go out and, and actually meet all these people that I've been reading about and, and hearing about. And so, and it really set the stage for the next, you know, five years of um, events and stuff like that at the Tiger when I came back. So, so that was a huge trip. And Iris and I now, you know, we, and Iris and I got married after that trip. Um, you know, she basically read me an ultimatum. And then uh, trial and then we, by fire. Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, so two years ago, we decided to do another trip, this one for a full year. Um, this one, the, the emphasis was going to be national parks and state parks. Um, okay. And so we did the full 12 months in a pop-up um, truck camper in the back of my Tacoma and a uh, four by eight room <laughs> and with a dog, <laughs> the two of us and the dog. And I, I got to say, it was the hardest thing. I've done some hard things in my life, but that was, I think, definitely <laughs> top two. Um, <laughs> it was just brutal. And, but also it was incredible. And uh and we just got, we did, we did 17 national parks and 30 plus state parks. Um, we did, I, I think we did like 25,000 miles. I mean, it was ridiculous. And, wow. uh, and just got to see so much um, and do so much and, and really just kind of like uh, disconnect ourselves from the world and kind of go into this alternate world where you're, you're just, you're living in campgrounds and living on the road and, um, it's just a very different, challenging lifestyle, but you know, you grow so much faster. You put yourself under so much pressure constantly, um, that you tend to, uh, change quite a bit. So it, it was a powerful trip for both of us. And, and, uh, and we've sort of been recovering. It took us like a year or two to recover from it. We're still kind of, um, I, we sold that I, I never even wanted to look inside that pop-up camper again. <laughs> we sold it in like in two weeks <laughs> for twenty dollars. Yeah, it take like, it, yeah, Craigslist. Yeah. If you exactly. can lift it, you could have it. <laughs> yes, I will never camp again as long as I live. And wow. uh, yeah, but it was it was really it was super special and and uh, you know to get to see you know especially now with everything that's going on out there, it's like it's it's getting harder and harder to travel. And, yep. and and go to some of these places sadly the sadly for you except by camper van i know exactly <laughs> that is the you only way two years too early <laughs> exactly so um so I, I feel lucky that we got to go see these places and and uh you know while the national parks weren't they were still crowded then but not nearly as crowded as they are now so yeah so it yeah. was great it was a great timing that's and, awesome uh, but it, it's nice to be now i've become like a hermit <laughs> you know i've gone yeah. the other way and uh but that's probably... that's the farmer life and so that's the disconnect for me personally was the couple farmers i know and love including guys like evan watson really are happiest when they're alone in their yard and having seen that from you know my favorite publican mm. it's it seems an interesting move um but I guess I'd like to step back for a second and try because I, I don't think I ever made that connection. Having been a, a regular at the old Tiger and then even more regular at the new Tiger, in my head, one of the changes between the two was 
you know, the, the old tiger was the place to go for properly handled and cared for things like Spaten. And then the new tiger was definitely the place to go for, you know, I don't want to make it sound like whale chasing, but stuff that was hard to find specific, particularly on draft. You guys did a great job of getting from around the country and some interesting stuff and some, you know, classic stuff. And, but it was much more an American list in the newer tiger. And I always just blame that on time and not that trip. So that's an interesting thing for me to think about. But I guess the question I want to lead that to is if there was a third generation, and I hope for all our sakes there isn't, but having done what you've done in craft or, you know, focused beer service for as long as you've done it, forget, you know, let's not make Worthy Blind Tiger 3 because I love what Worthy is, but I think it's a different kind of project. If there was going to be a third Blind Tiger, what, what have you seen in the last since the opening of one, I'm sorry, since the opening of two with, you know, both of these trips has experienced since what, what do you think the perfect tiger now would be if people like John and I would let go of the current tiger, Oh, please, which don't we censor. won't, please don't which we censor. won't, please it's going to be all censor. smooge. <laughs> <laughs> now it's funny. Cause I, I think about that all the time. Like if I was to, to do it, do it again, like how would I do it? And, and I think that it's the changes that you would see are the same changes you would see in my bar here at the farm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's just craft everything now. It's like, you know, I, I have a huge bar here collected of things that I've collected in my travels and, and also a big cellar downstairs. And, uh, and so it's, it's just, it's like craft everything. And, you know, whether that's bitters or, um, you know, I have an incredible tequila collection, an incredible Amaro collection, and and uh, obviously a very good wine collection. So, and and then I have an amazing beer collection that's you know the oldest of all of them. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and I you know I go down there once in a while like oh man I got to pick something you know and it's just it's sort of like a history of my life, <laughs> the it's beer me. collection. So you should um, write a book, John. Help him write a book. Okay, that would yeah. be a cool like chapter by chapter. Pick a bottle, talk about the time it exposes book. That'd be a good I, book. Right that yeah, book. I mean, I still have bottles from that 2007 Airstream trip, you know, that um, wow. from from like That's North cool. Coast Brewing when they, that was right when they came out with the uh, the old stock, you know, the, the oh, barrel yeah. conditioned old stock. Mm -hmm. I've got like eight of those bottles. And uh, wow. And then plus their Imperial Stout, you know, there's Imperial Stout X. And so, hey, Dave, unrelated question. What kind of security system do you have at your house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we, and can you tell us your mother's maiden name <laughs> and birthday and your first <laughs> pet? Yeah, exactly. You'll never get. You can't even find this place. I'm uh, on an undisclosed location. Uh, challenge accepted. Uh, look, think about who you're talking to, Dave. We I know, know some true. people. Um, <laughs> that's but fuck, I love that idea because. But but can I follow up on that and ask though? Because in the last couple of months, we saw the the closing of the Falling Rock, right and. 24 and a half years uh you know was you know the go-to beer bar in denver and you know i was talking with chris black the week before they closed and then i talked to him about a month after they closed you know and he was saying that it's become harder and harder to convince people to go to a craft beer bar or a craft bar in general mm -hmm. um you know so if, if if you opened it would it be more of a passion project or would it actually be a 
you know, yeah, we can actually make some make some money and make a living off of this. Like, could could you open up the Tiger Incarnation One or Incarnation Two today and still have it be what it has been? You know, that's a great question, John. And I, and I would say, I mean, there's no question. History helps us a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we we've been there for over 25 years and 25 and a half now, and and. And so it's, that's a big deal. And um, so, so no, I think it would be very hard to do it right now to do the exact same thing. Yeah, no question. But I think that, you know, you know, bars are, are passion projects, basically, in and of themselves. I mean, they have to be, if they're going to be successful. There has to be a whole bunch of passion involved and in, in whatever your, whatever your bar is going to be about, you know, you have to be so into it. I mean, that was, when we opened in 96, I mean, that was the key. I was just, I was so into craft beer and I was so into the guys that were making it. And, um, and I really think it was, I'll never forget. It was like, you know, I, I ran into, um, to the guys that found a DBA, you know, while they were looking at DBA, I was looking at the same space cause I was looking for a space and, and we were all kind of joking around. And, and, and I remember some, after I was talking to those guys, someone said, and then they finally opened up in 94 and and i said i wanted to do something similar over in the west village and they're like well new york city can't have two beer bars that's just way too many (laughs) but you know to be honest with you i kind of like i'm like really you know and i i was like and i sort of panicked and i'm like wow what if they're right and so so i i really was like okay i can't just be a beer bar you know i have to be more than that and and I, and and so what i kind of decided on was we just have to be the best bar in the neighborhood and, and, and a real neighborhood bar, you know, for 10th street and Hudson, you know, we have to be the place. And so, you know, we had, we had some really good bartenders who made really good cocktails as well as beer. And, and, uh, but I always thought is, and you're selling Vermont wine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So the finest Vermont wine, the, the original, I always saw the original tiger is just, you know, it was a great bar that happened to have amazing beer. And, um, yeah. And I think that, you know, that it's the tie. I've always seen the tiger that way is just being, you know, more than just a beer bar. It's just being a great bar and, and with great people that hang out there. And because that's the other important thing is you got to have great clientele, you know, to 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 really make up that. It's not just about the product. It's the people that, but, so, that, it, that it attracts. So if I can interrupt um, that. So that's my answer to you, John. And I don't want to poo poo falling rock because everybody loves it. It's important. And the couple of times I went to falling rock. There, there was a service difference, right? We've talked about this periodically over the six years that the reason I need bars and the reason I love doing what we do is when you find a good bartender for any mm-hmm. purpose, the things you can learn from them, if you know how to talk about flavors is huge. And, you know, I think I would add to what Dave just said about the Tiger was not only was it the best bar in the neighborhood, it was a neighborhood bar. There's that corner in the current Tiger, yeah, where where you'd kind of graduated in New York beer when five of those ten guys that were always down by the bathrooms knew who you were. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's where John the brilliant happened. That's where all the learning yeah. happened. And because I'm a tourist in Colorado, I don't know if that would have happened for me at Falling Rock, but it never did the couple of times I went. So I feel like okay. that's well, I was the there more than you, but yeah, like 
But yeah, yeah, and, and like you, I had that experience at me. Tiger, but like you're also far at more important. Bar. Yeah, but you're far more important in Colorado than I am. So people well, treat it's, you differently. It's, it's my fondness for marijuana, but yeah, uh, obviously. But you know what I mean. So, so I think that's the thing about Tiger. And I guess my question for you, Dave, to follow up on what you just answered, John's question is: is how hard would it be? How much time does it take to find that rhythm? Like, how many bartenders do you have to Ugh. cycle through before you've got the right five? You know what I mean? How does the ti- how long does it take for a tiger to become that? And let's not talk about what like, 2021 snaffing problems right now. And then, yeah, no, 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 not right. obviously not. But, yeah. but if I walk into the tiger, Dave, am I wrong that if I walk into the tiger today, I'm going to know every bartender from three years ago? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got three new people now, but everybody else has been there forever. Okay. Um, yeah. So almost anytime you go in there, you're going to see somebody that's been there for at least 10 years, if not longer. Um, and some of the customers you'll see, obviously, as you mentioned, they've been there for all 25 years, so, <laughs> um, you know, and we're, and they're hanging on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, we have nowhere is else the, to go. Is, is the bar actually <laughs> hanging on though? Like how, yeah, how, you how know, it's, Tiger, it, like you're not going to give us bad news, right? No, I'm not going to no. give you bad news. No, we're actually hey, it's funny. We're, we're up 20% over 2019 this summer. Wow. Um, wow. Summers are usually, um, we usually drop 20% during the summers because, you know, people go away and, yep. and uh, including a lot of our regulars. But uh, this summer, no, we're up 20% over 2019. So That's cool. it's been, yeah, I mean, you know, think about it. It's like we've got double the seating now if you include the outside. Right. Um, so that significantly increases our size. And, and um, but I'm still kind of shocked. And it, there's been a lot of changes in terms of uh, our clientele um, since we've come back. It's um, it's a little bit older. Like when I say that, I mean like 30s okay. instead of, you know, we were getting a lot of NYU kids and um, and we still do. But there's now this influx of 30 somethings. And uh, and the other thing that we've noticed is, you know, it used to be the crowd used to be super mobile. They'd come in, they'd have a beer, they'd click their phone and Uber would show up and they'd roar off. And now they stay for hours, like two, three hours. They eat. Um, it's really shifting. Uh, Interesting. And the other, the that's, other thing that we've cool, noticed man. is that a lot, a lot of, you know, we, we check people for their vaccination cards at the door. And um, a lot of the young people are like, Oh shit! You know, I left mine back at the apartment. And, <laughs> they're fake and, IDing, <laughs> and it's clear that they they aren't vaccinated, <laughs> and they're kind of embarrassed. Right. Um, so a lot of the young people aren't, um, and wh- whether these are tourists or locals, I don't know. But right. um, so that's been kind of interesting. Is is uh, you know, very few people have had any trouble with the whole idea of, of showing vaccination cards, except for the ones that don't have it. And then they're they don't like, have them. Oh, I left it at home. Well, I, so, I love the I love the image you just painted of like the seventeen year old who thought he could order a beer and then doing the pat down for his idea. Oh, yeah, like, like, oh my god, oh, I must have left him in my oh, other Wranglers. Yeah. I'll be I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, it's, I it's swear pretty, no, I had it. Nothing changes. Like nothing ever there. changes. That's awesome. All right, so I know we have like five minutes left with you. What else? What else is going on in in the Broderick world? Besides, I mean, the farmer Broderick is an interesting Broderick. We're gonna have to do some drinking. Maybe we'll maybe John will pick your lock and you'll just find me in your living room. Broderick had but, a um, E-I-E-I-O. But um, so 
so what what else is going on? You're 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 content with the tiger still being the tiger, the worthies doing their business, and now you're you're a farming man drinking when the sun goes down and waking up with the with the rooster. Is that is that yeah. where we've landed after this trip? Yeah, I barely I barely leave my town of Barnard. Um, I yesterday it. I went down that we live up at the top of a hill we call it. Um, I drove down to the burger yesterday just to have lunch, Iris and I, and I hadn't been down there in like a month, and. Wow. Uh, and it was just so weird to like leave, <laughs> leave my little area. You know, it's just, it's so strange, you know, and, and uh, I just get so used to being up here and it, it, it just sort of becomes a world unto itself. It's, it's, I never would have thought this would happen to me after being in New York for like 25 years, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really, for me, it's, it, it, it actually took a while to adjust to the quiet and the lack of people and all that stuff. But then once you do now, when I go down to New York, I'm like, Oh my, after 24 hours, I'm like, get me out of here. It's like, I lost all my armor plating that I used to have. And, you know, well, just... it's, it's, it's funny that the, so my experience in the city, cause I've also been going in quite seldom, um, for all the obvious reasons, but it's a weird city. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it, I, it's, I like that the tiger's up. So I wonder if you're getting a different experience than me, but when I go in, I'll just tell you a quick story, but one night, I'd been in Brooklyn with Strumpke and Doniger and a couple guys, and, and we were all headed back to my apartment because most everybody's closing at 11 these days, which is the first indicator that things are wrong. But we got dropped off at 8th Street and 5th Avenue, walked to 6th, down to West 4th, over to University, and was at University and 9th before we found a bodega open to sell us a six-pack of beer. Wow. What'd so, you buy? What'd you buy, Augie? What do you buy at a bodega, John? Well, Corona. Odello. No, well, you're both wrong and you're both <laughs> embarrassing. The right answer is Dosekis, Dosekis or Asahi Super Dry. Yeah. Those are what you buy at bodegas at 1 a.m. Everybody knows that. Get up to speed. Um, <laughs> but the problem, the other thing, Dave, is they were 22 bucks each instead of four. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's just a different city. And, and I think the most promising thing I've heard from you today is that the Tiger, although as you said, has had changes of personnel and quality. The tiger lives on for me to go to when I get there. Cause it's been a weird city to visit the last couple of times I've been. Yeah, I definitely, I'll tell you, I went down last November and it was right. It was November 17th and it was right before, I guess they had just announced that they were going to close everything down, you know, do lockdown in two weeks of the restaurants. Mm -hmm. So everybody knew it was coming. I went to Lupa for dinner. Uh, with my sister and brother-in-law and and, uh, and it was sort of like Paris right before the Germans came in I mean everybody was so <laughs> like depressed and and getting ready for a really long winter and yeah it was, which mm -hmm. is what it was and, and then I went um, at the end of March like March 26th uh, this past March and and it was so different you know it was like coming out of that everybody was so excited things were getting better numbers wise and all of that and it was just a complete change. And then I went again at the end of May and uh, it was even better. You know, it was like really yeah. changing for the better. So each time it was, it was a lot more fun, a lot less stressful being there. And, uh, you know, and now, you know, it's 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 sort of shifting again, you know, and I, I think that it's going to be kind of like that for a while um, as as, you know, COVID and all these other things sort of come and go uh you know it's 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 going to be a different place for for probably quite some time is my guess
Yeah, it's, it's shiny. Be little island, you know, it's like the tiger is like a little island, you know, and it, it and there's and there's a bunch of them around the city, and hopefully those islands will survive. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's all I'm hoping. But but I guess, and you you've been a city guy far longer than I have. But I guess you know for for whatever reasons, be it you know whatever it is, the city shifts itself significantly periodically and i guess this is just another shift we have to we have to live through right i mean it's it, it's changed like my i first arrived there in like 83 and lived downtown and it was freaking i mean i never went anywhere with more than 25 dollars in my pocket yep. um everybody was getting mugged and you know you got off in the wrong subway stop and you were in trouble but if you didn't have 25 dollars they'd kill you <laughs> so, so it was like so that was, was the right line yeah the, the, the burglar tax <laughs> you just had to think about everything but at the same time you know you'd go to danceteria and, and madonna would be dancing in one of the cages you know and nobody yeah. ever heard of her and bruce willows was my bartender at kamikaze and and so it was <laughs> and there were all these artists and i mean there's all this crazy shit going on so it was i thought it was one of the coolest places i've ever been during the 80s and then the nineties, it completely changed and yeah. got cleaned up and, 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 and got a lot more expensive. And, and, uh, so it's, it's gone through all these changes, massive changes. And, and this is, this is another one. And, yep. but I, I think at the worst, it goes back to what it was in the eighties and the late seventies and eighties when it was, you know, it was a little more dangerous, but, um, but still it was a great place to be. And, Definitely, uh, I could, I could take, I could take back. So I, I didn't start going into town until eighty five, eighty six, and I was young then. But I definitely had some of my favorite, favorite nights. I could take that back if that's where we get. That's the most hopeful thing ever. A little more art in that town would not hurt anybody. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, is like it has to get a little bit cheaper again, you know, to, to get that. I mean, I lived down on Ludlow Street for, you know, my girlfriend and I had a whole floor for two hundred dollars a month. And and I was bartending. I was bartending Jesus at the River Run. I was bartending at the River Run Cafe, and I only had to work two days a week. Oh, you know, wow. and I and I could write the rest of the time, and 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 so it was so awesome. I mean, I, it, it was just a great place to live, and you you could live well on very little money. Well, and, well, uh, here's the hope, and that's where we're headed. Man, what a, what a better city. Anyway, we appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us half hour. We miss you. Sorry that we uh thieves at home this is a makeup episode we tried to get dave on a couple weeks ago but our rig that day failed completely yes. so that's why we stole this half Blame hour it but thanks on the barley wine and kolsch thanks for uh thanks for giving us this half hour dave and we miss you and i guess it's sounding as much as i'm always hopeful i'll bump into the tiger it sounds like we have to come up to vermont to to drink some old barley wines with you so I we'll make that we happen pa and we patreon helps us rent a car <laughs> yep. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after we taste race. Anyway, Dave, thank you. Go have the rest of your day. Be great. And we will start talking about what brings us together on Steal This Beer. Thanks, pal. Thank, thanks, thanks, guys. Cheers. All right. So what brings us together on Steal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer, what it's doing, not what we were told it would do, what we wanted to be rather, sorry, what it is <laughs> rather than what we want it to be. And somebody's um, been drinking pale ale while Broderick's been talking. So, so speaking of which, I guess you're leading me right into beer one, which is a pale ale. It's so good. It's funny. so good. Funny. It is. It is. It I need what what I what need... don't what 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 is not 
a bomb no, on no. your soul that you need. No, I need to have had eight of them, I think. Like this first one, this first one feels and like it's like 30. All right. The day is young. Hmm. I only have the one, but I feel like there's a posture. So the, the interesting note I get off it is, yeah. and we've, I've used this one before and it's one I still haven't gotten any better, but the, the underripe green baby strawberries of, of early spring that certain chefs I love use. Right. It's got it's got a little bit of greenness and a little tiny bit of red fruitiness through the middle. It's got that latex paint smell, pale ale ferment, and it's just clean and it's just easy to drink. And there's some real bitterness. And as much as I enjoyed this one, like Mm -hmm. I said, if, if this was my sixth, I think I would be writing poetry about this beer. Illegible poetry, but yeah. Well, because yeah, it's definitely a little stronger than it should be for six. It, it is right? like this. This is one of those pale ales where, in you know, 1990, when Dave founded uh, the the first Tiger, uh, this would have been 96. called an IPA. Yeah, like in '96, this would have been called an IPA. Um, but it's got like a pale ale character uh, characteristic to it. I like your red fruit note, and I agree with it. The young strawberry, I, I, I just haven't had enough life experience with those um but there's like a melony thing to it um yeah like for a, sure for sure that comes off of it that i really cantaloupe like. yeah um and w- with like a little bit more residual sweetness to it like a little bit honeydew a little bit sweetness but uh and then that generic red fruit um mm-hmm. on the back end of it but then it it's the malt on this as well um where it that caramel malt sort of starts to come off as like vanilla in a little bit and it just brings those hops up even more and it finishes really clean and with a slight kick of bitterness and i'm just yeah like i just yeah i now that i know that this is available at a bodega in brooklyn i'm hopeful that this is also available at a place in Jersey so that I can yeah. go and like buy some. You're, and that's not something that I often do, you know, after we talk about, you know, beer. So, so let's not forget Cass has it. Yep. Yo. Cass, what do you think of this milk stout? I had said damn good milk stout. I'm getting all the roasty <laughs> notes. Um <laughs> the first the first couple sips kind of had like a little coconut thing to it now that it's warmed up a little bit. It, it's Ooh. just getting a little little bitter and sweet. Um, but good bitter. I mean, Wait, I'm when calling, you say bitter these I'm, days, people get mad. Like it's the eh, bitter I mean, pale ale. Mad at I mean, it's it every is, fucking child that buys beer. I'm gonna say this is an India pale ale and not just a pale ale. Oh, it's right, definitely so, an so IPA. You, so you think you think that like it jumps up to it? So yeah. John, here's the thing, John. No, there's, I don't feel like it's a certain. No, but hold on, hold on, hold on. I know what you're saying, John. I'm not disagreeing with your notes, but. <laughs> These days, the difference between a pale ale and IPA is ABV, and this thing is definitely somewhere north of seven. I... Oh, God, I hope it is. You know what I mean? Like, yes, if I you had would... very different rest of our days planned out. Yeah. If this beer, if this beer is 6%, it's a pale ale. And if this beer is 7.2, it's an IPA. And none of the impact you're talking about changes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so that's why I think Cass is right. It's an IPA, but I know exactly what you're saying because it's no, not I, anything I, I, we call an IPA these days. It tastes more like Sierra yeah. Than, yeah. than like, you know, 
it's got flower a heavy he, yeah heavy floral that kind of reminds me of of something yeah like but, early but, flower but power here's, but here's the thing fellas just think about for just half a second here the mouthfeel on this where it is not as heavy as a lot of the ipas that are out there these days it well just, hold it, on it, it's a it's just like, a, like, a, like and a i know what you're saying but lighter. but I'm disagreeing with you, and here's why. Okay. You're thinking of the protein heavy yeah. IPAs that exist all no. over the world. No, this no, 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 it, no, no, no. I'm not a... thinking, I'm not thinking of hazy. This is definitely no, no, I know what you're Coast saying. Cloth. I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is there is that feisty. There yeah. is that little bit of rich sweetness to it. Uh-huh. That is what you're saying it isn't on the palate. There is that little middle bump of palate sweetness that that richens it beyond clean pale ale sip it again feisty boy this is this is what happens when we have fascinating guests on the show and i can just sit and sip a beer right and listen yeah that's the worst thing that ever happens to the show we both need to be interrupted the guest if we ever want to get to the end of a second episode well (laughs) i love how much you guys are talking about this beer why why i don't know it's it's one of my favorite beers and i can't believe i've never sent it to you so it's from threes yeah <laughs> yeah so 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 it's a, justin so kennedy it's a is brought to you by threes brewing threes. company yeah I, I got a threes sponsorship and an allagash sponsorship apparently so no it's i think either. the allagash sponsorship is phased out a bit we haven't seen a a white in quite some time i send you guys a golden oh. again Wait, John, All right, so anyway, I, I th- but wait, 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 before you talk, before you talk. So, John, we never wrote our senses, but for me, yeah, it's this is a, you know, we sat down to have one of these with completely other intentions for the day. And then had six. And and I'm and then, calling. Yeah. And I'm it, calling Lauren to pick me up at your house because you had a dozen in the fridge and we yeah. drank them all. Yeah, and right. I'm texting this is April, one of those and I'm texting keep... April from the basement, being like, "We're just gonna be another twenty minutes." <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very interesting show going on down here, honey. But you know, this is one of those where if this was, you know, like, yeah. like back back in the days before we started Carton, Chris had a fridge in his garage and the keg, right? And if there was, if this was the can in the fridge. I'd have drank all of them without him realizing because every time I went into the bathroom, I'd have grabbed a new one without saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without being like, hey, just so you know, I keep drinking this beer. But then Chris would go to get one. He'd be like, how the fuck are we out of this beer? I'd be like, oh, I, it's really good. That's this beer. <laughs> As Augie is asleep <laughs> in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. This is, yeah. No, this, so is, this is from Half Acre Brewing. This is Bodum, which is an IPA. It's 6.7%. I, I always thought of this beer as like kind of their uh, halfway point between a hazy and a West Coast. So it does have some bitterness. It's got a little softness too and some oh, a lot of silky rich grist. Um, All right. Clearly, I, need, I, I need to go, I need to go back notes? to school. I need Man. to go and spend some more time <laughs> drinking this beer to fully understand where truly the American India Pale Ale is these days. And I'm willing to accept this punishment. To, I don't think to, I've had a I don't think I've had a non Daisy Cutter from them in quite some time, and now I'm regretting that. Is this a beer? How, how is I, this I don't your favorite beer, Justin? Like, is this around a lot? Um, yeah, my my bodega has this uh, four packs for nine ninety nine. So, yeah, oh, I, look at you I buy it pretty often. Yeah, well, thanks, Patreons. 
Um, no doubt. Thank you, Pedro. Is it I, like, oh, yeah, that I, beer. I should send that beer to them. Have you guys had double so, easy cutter, by the way? That's a really good of one. course. Yeah. We've all had double. Anyway, but but hold on. So you said oh, it. I haven't opened it. Of course. I, I haven't unwrapped it yet. But you said you said um bodum, like the thing you make coffee in? No, it's B-O-D-E-M, not B-O-D-U-M. Yeah. Right. And what do we know what that word means, or is that just I don't whatever? Know what that means no. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, Idaho Seven, Mosaic, and Cashmere. Man, fucking damn! I love Cashmere. I always get orange off Cashmere. Though. Uh, this this one felt fruit. red fruity. Fair right. enough. Doesn't cool. Cashmere have melon? Uh, no, it has hops. Um, <laughs> I got a great. Wait till you guys have one beer. We still got one more to do. We had a, we had a really yeah. nice we had a really nice first half of the show. We did. And then they just left us alone to drink together, which is how <laughs> how horrible ideas like this podcast come to be. Like, Remember, this used to happen in the bar in person. Yeah, all they're witnessing, the show, all the they're witnessing right, all they're witnessing right now is how canoe happened. How you know? Like, how well? You know, how well the, did did canoe sell? I mean, it sold out before I could even like come down and buy a case of it. Yeah, it's you know. So thanks. It's thanks been, it's been it's been a supportive summer for tiny beers even though there's one asshole that every time i make like a three percent beer jumps on the instagram he's like that's not even really beer i'm like but dude we we made it to not even be really beard we made this for the fuck your seltzer movement yeah. we didn't make this for the get the old guy fucked up movement anyway let's talk about beard too uh, but yeah canoe sold very well and i imagine i imagine the thieves drank it all so thanks thieves i don't i don't think many atlantic highlands O-dub drinkers were like, oh, let's go drink a 3% canoe that's fucking close to water. Um, ooh. Woo. Well, beer two. Talk about slamming the door on the day there, Kennedy. Good Lord. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a thought behind this uh, progression, right? Percent- All right. Hey, hey, thieves. Hey, thieves. It's not a barley wine. It's what's not the a barley other wine, thing. What's the other thing, Justin? close. At the end. That's the other thing Justin gives us at the end of a tasting. Yeah, it's an imperial <laughs> snout, but there is a smoked ice box. There's, there's definitely coffee in there. Oh, oh it's delicious. It's, it smells like it smells like coffee. No, it's it whiskey. smells like it smells it, like coffee, whiskey, and stout, and a ton of sugar. Okay, but yeah. it is those it's those coffee candies that you get mm. at at the Italian restaurants, like where they give you like. Uh, like instead of a mint, you got the, right. The, the, the yeah, they're it's like that. hardened jelly. Yeah, that with like a crease through the middle. Got yeah. it. Pico. Yeah, you nailed it. Is that really Oof. what that's called? What's it called, Cass? I, I just googled coffee candy Copico. It's are you talking about the shit with like the the goon, they're goon in the middle? Black things that are like really hard. Yeah, but they feel like they were originally a gel. Yeah, and they have a crease down the middle. It's a hard candy. Yeah, but it's like somebody floated it. But it's in, like, but it's like an espresso hard candy. Yeah, but it's like somebody floated it in a bourbon barrel, right? Like, there's all that. Oh vanilla. no, there's definitely, there's definitely wood in this, and there's definitely not wood. There's whiskey in this. Okay, there. I, I would guess somebody put a shot of Maker's Mark in this if I had gone to the bathroom and come back. Yeah, but that would be against TTV regulations. So who? No, I who mean at do, the bar with shady motherfuckers like you guys. I'm not talking about in the in the brew house. I'm talking about if I left this out on the bar, came back, smelled it, I'd be like, which one of you fucking spiked my beer? There's a lot uh, of whiskey in this beer. Um, yeah, I I don't hate it. 
I like how it blends. I yeah, think it's so I don't so. I don't know if there's vanilla in it or that's just the whiskey. It's got. But my eight. really strong notes here are coffee, bourbon, a proper stout, vanilla, and sugar. So, assuming the vanilla and sugar are coming from the grist and the bourbon barrel, I think it's just a you know bourbon barrel coffee stout, right? But just well done. I think it's tight. I don't think it's going down any one path too far like it's not over coffee or over bourbon but it's decidedly coffee and decidedly bourbon yeah right I maybe brandy could it be brandy it's the a more, really the... smooth whiskey flavor that's why i said maker's mark right like that weedy easy to drink yeah. whiskey and could i, it be I brandy? like makers i mean i keep a bottle in the house but like the, it, it, after hearing you say that and and i'm i'm, I'm really trying to tease this out because i'm really trying to stay focused now um there are fucking, fucking half acre. Yeah, there are <laughs> this empty half acre can of their pale ale uh, of for theirs. my you know weak palate. And um, by the way, I want to defend you there. Six point seven is the exact line where you go one way or the other, and they clearly went IPA and could have gone pale ale. So no, you no, were no, not wrong. Yeah, that's kind but, of a bullshit. I uh, ABV, right? It's like really Justin. Wow. wow, kittens got claws. <laughs> I mean, like, where do you land on that? You're like, I don't know. Six points. So I all I, I don't know. Let's get Gabe on Carton, the show and let's ask him. At Carton, we move to IPA from seven up to seven and a half. And then double is seven and a half to ten. And then triple is north of ten. But that is just our rule. And yeah, everybody has their own options. Not locale, low alcohol. Um, here's the thing with this particular beer, whatever this is, it, 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 I feel like there are four silos or four, it's like a soda machine, right? Right, and right, right. It's a soda machine where it has stout and it has bourbon and it has coffee and it has, you know, vanilla or, you know, alcohol or whatever. And it's right. finding the perfect combination of just doing, hitting all four of those uh, those those push pours right. at the same time to get equal amounts of measure into each bottle. Like, yeah, like, it, like if you're at the movie theater hitting the buttons for I want a little Mountain Dew on a Coca-Cola with some Dr. Right. Pepper. But, but you're hitting all four buttons at the same time. It's for it's falling into your glass. Like that's what this is. Like it's it's a you know, if it was a if if this is a pie diagram, it's cut into four slices. I love exactly what you're saying, except that I think it's the three with a splash of vanilla. I'm not getting as much vanilla as the other three things. Like I just have a tiny touch of vanilla and no, a I ton. No, vanilla, I, I, I skipped out for alcohol. Okay. So it's stout, bourbon, coffee, ABV. And just booze. Yeah. Because there is, there is a spiritous part of the palate, right? Yeah. There's a part of it that, like I said, feels like somebody put a shot. Yeah, a shot of Maker's Mark in there. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. But that, but right. that to me is the four ingredients right, I get in this it. and then you know you walk past a vanilla blossom on your way back to the movie theater like to yeah all right so let's write a sentence i haven't been to a you know my friend eric and billy and all the guys that i've collected beers with over the years we used to all get together at somebody's house and drink and it would always start with sours and move into stouts and you know we'd all be a fucking diabetic coma shambles by the end very brewery heavy brewery heavy nights yeah there it is buddy but uh <laughs> but anyway 
I feel like this would be the one if I if I knew what we were doing and I could plan the whole night, this would be the one I put in the bridge spot. Okay, we're done with sours. We're going to stouts. Drink this. You know what I mean? I think it sets yeah. you up for all the shenanigans Patrick does. You know what I mean? Like this is if we if it was the kind of night where things like CBS and fucking Black Tuesday and you know, Dirk Lord were going to show up. I would put this as the, all right, let's shift our palette. This does everything well enough to get us there. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. No. What do you no, want to do? I mean, put it on ice cream. You want to make an affogato with it? No, I want this with a burger. Ooh. Mm. Whose burger? I thought so. We disagree. What kind right? of burger, John? Smash burger? Bar burger? No, I want, I, th- th- I want this Big with Mac. Like- a Big Mac. <laughs> Or a Whopper. Big Mac that. might be a better choice. The Baconator. So How about the Baconator? The Baconator from when? No, there, there's something about there's something about like like the stout and the whiskey, but the coffee. Where I'm thinking bacon, and I'm thinking like like a like a really indulgent, like heart stopping, you know, burger that's not going to weigh you down too much because this beer is fairly heavy. So you want something that's like a medium patty, and. But it, it no, I'm. I'm I like this, what you're saying. No, but this like is one of those. Saying, this is one of those things is where this this, version, this adds into the indulgence of the meal. Right, but and, my problem with what you're saying is my version of the burger you're talking about is salty, and I think salt completely throws this beer way the fuck out of whack. Okay, but yeah, I'm not. So I'm not I need for what salt you're. I I need what you're. But there's no version of that burger with the things you've added to it, like bacon, that isn't salty. So I need what you're saying, but in a less salty kind of flavor. So uh, what we've done is we've gone for the low sodium bacon and now we're all just disappointed <laughs> in ourselves and our lives that we're eating low sodium bacon. But let's, let's bacon all, we're all north Give of 40 at this bacon point. Beyond burger? Yeah. <laughs> Cass, what is, where are you going to drink this? Well, I'm currently drinking it out of a mug because I didn't want to <laughs> drink. Uh, I didn't want to drink all my IPA. It was so good. Yeah, well, you know. Shout out to Evan at Plan B for the mug, and ah, I'm, I'm so half, you can see I filled it. the mug it's... up, and I'm halfway. I'm halfway through it, which does oh, not Jesus. bode well for Good me. In the next hour. So wait, you can see it though. Is it a stout? If you didn't see when you poured <laughs> it in a glass that it wasn't a stout, then no. you're on the wrong. I show. was busy looking at the tape on the cap, and I poured it into a black glass. Anyway, it is. It is really, really fucking good. Like I'm gonna yeah. go to a CBS after this, I think, instead of natural oh. wine. Ooh, you have a CBS. I have a seat in Kentucky or Canadian breakfast. Uh, yes, yeah. I do. Isn't that the do, big, wait, do you have le- one with the Mountie on it or like, are you going old school with it? I, I think they took the Mountie on it. Well, they took the Mountie off just like uh, they took the kid off of. Uh, didn't founders they, like they, they had canceled? All these, yeah, they had all these label controversies, didn't yeah, they? Breakfast out was. Oh, man. I didn't know they canceled the baby and the Mountie. Augie, what did you want to say? So, so when, when, when the three chiefs guys showed up on the show, was that CBS they brought that that beautiful? It was, it was the first like, one that was we were up in Boston right. for that. Yeah. So so Cass, if that's what you have, I need to know because I'm going to drive over there. Like yeah, I remember that I bottle is one of my favorite bottles that ever showed up on the show. Augie, I mean, but, please, yeah, please, but, please, but, please, but, please don't drive but, over there. But, well, Lauren, he'll get a he'll, okay. yeah, he'll get a cab. <laughs> I got ribs. I got ribs in a sirloin steak and some, some nice. wings ready to go. Uh, I'm, ask, I'm asking if it's the same CBS that 
I'm asking if it's the same CBS the three Chiefs guys gave us. If that, that vintage, <laughs> that vintage, probably not. I right, think that was I'm the out. first incarnation. Right. <laughs> of it. You, you guys are dancing around it. This is a version of that beer. Open it up and see. What oh, it. oh, what is it? Hold on. CBS. Uh, I've walked oh. away from it. Kentucky Breakfast Stout. I like how you took off the top neck labels so we wouldn't peek and see. With chocolate and coffee. Yeah. There's chocolate in here? I didn't get any chocolate. People used to cream their jeans over this beer. Now, now you can buy it. Jesus. Now you can buy it anywhere, anytime. Because nobody oh. cares. You I love, Cass. I love that Cass is still like but trading in good. 80s phrases. Yeah. That's right. Well, he's trading 80s style. He's like, God damn it, all that KBS I bought went right in the shitter when they fucking mass produced it. <laughs> I was supposed to be able to trade that it today. Get fucking, I was totally going to get at least a fucking pair of Jordans. Out yeah, of you'd, you'd be I, lucky I, if you got two bottles of this back in 2012 when you went to your local store. If I'm actually very case. much digging your Alex Kidd impersonation of Alex Kidd doing <laughs> Hey, uh, Justin Kennedy. Yeah. Do, do you have a letter? I don't have a letter now. All right. Well done, Justin. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Fun to end on Adjust Us bit. Love Broderick. So glad he came out. Um, you should go visit Broderick at, well, let's face it. If you, if you follow the show long enough, sooner or later, you guys say, hey, I'm coming to town. Where should I drink that is the tiger? And all four of us say, no, just go to the tiger. Uh, and, so, and honestly, get there before he changes the gate code from one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so so that's our that's our Broderick plug. Would uh, Cass do that thing where you convince them to give us enough money to get up to Broderick's house and steal all those beers I just heard about? Patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, kick us a couple bucks. They do go a long way. Thank you to those that already do it and beyond. You know, we really appreciate it. It helps us get, get these wonderful, you know, barrel-aged beers from founders. You too. Can nice. Help Cass yeah. and weed. <laughs> and lovely IPAs. A Cass even, and weed. Even when, even when the hosts think they're not. Um, follow us on all social medias at Steal This Beer. See what we're drinking on Untapped. And yes, write us love letters. Uh, we do like to hear them. Uh, Kennedy, my man. At Kennedy, my man. Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, I I just want, I want somebody to remember that I just said a cast in weed is a cast indeed, because I'm going to want credit for that later. And I'm clearly not going to get it. We're going to, Hey Kennedy, we're going to make up uh, magnets that say that. And uh, and we're going to sell them on the steal this beer merch page, which by the way, all proceeds, a lot of t-shirts. We have a lot of glasses. Uh, please, for the love of God, order some merch so I can get the fuck out of my basement. <laughs> we had a good you want black glasses? We got time, black but... glasses. You want sixth anniversary glasses in the Harmony Rastal style? Yeah, we got that. T-shirts? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, do we have T-shirts. Make us an offer at this point. Seriously. <laughs> like, it's just... No, John, is, John will wear one for you and then sell it to you. So it'll be a shirt actually worn by Hall. I'm well, so that's, that's an upcharge, I'm but so yeah. glad I'm not part of the t-shirt scheme. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you heard it, guys. Buy t-shirts, send us money, write us letters, and thank you again. Seriously, this show is only fun because of the thieves and the interaction we have. The show is brought to you by you, so keep it up. And uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon. Get at us. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.